Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Fitness and health is a vitally important part of Sophie Holmes's life, and with good reason. After being born 10 weeks premature, she was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis at the age of just four months old. Her parents were told she might not reach the age of 30, let alone her teenage years, but throughout all of this Sophie was steadfast in her belief that she wouldn't accept things the way they were and the views of others. Through her love of fitness, she continues to fight the condition on a daily basis and as a personal trainer, speaker and blogger, she has built up a huge following in the process. As difficult as it has been to manage cystic fibrosis, it has arguably become the making of her. Brought to you by Essex Live, this is Humans of Chelmsford and this is Sophie Holmes's story. Thanks so much, Sophie, for joining us on the podcast uh, on this episode and for telling us about your story. Let's start off then with kind of Sophie Holmes, the person. So as fitness fanatic, health enthusiast, speaker, blogger, personal trainer, fitness model and sports massage therapist, there's quite a lot going on there. So we'll break it down a bit and we'll start off by asking why is fitness and health so important to you? Yeah, so I do a few things, um, but fitness and health is essential a part of my life because for me, I do truly believe it saved my life. Um, and it all started properly when I was 19. And I mean, I've always been in all the sports teams. I was that annoying person at school that was insistent on being in every single team and had to do everything at the best level because that was just the way I am. But when I was 19, I became seriously unwell in hospital and felt that unless I made a drastic change in my whole lifestyle, that frankly, the truth of the matter would be is that I may not make 25 years old. So I retrained as a personal trainer and went into fitness and I wouldn't look back. So were you always kind of sporty before that or was it just for a fun type thing, kind of a leisure thing and it became far more serious after that incident? So beforehand, yes, I just loved it. I enjoyed it. I thrived it. I did a lot of athletics. So I sprinted for Essex and did all sorts of things. But it was just for pure enjoyment. Whereas now, obviously, I still enjoy it because you have to do the things you enjoy. Life is just too short. But predominantly, it is to keep myself healthy and well and breathing. 
Mm-hmm. And we obviously, you've mentioned your health, and we'll turn on to that now, because you were born 10 weeks premature, I believe, and then diagnosed at four months old with cystic fibrosis. So we'll start off by kind of asking, what is cystic fibrosis, but more importantly, how does it affect you and your life? So cystic fibrosis is an inherited, life-threatening genetic condition that affects your lungs and your digestive system. Now, when I was born, my parents got told that I probably wouldn't make my teenage years, which I'm not sure, like, how as a parent you would even process that kind of information. Um, But me being me, always wanting to do things my way, was determined to prove that otherwise. So, yes, as much as it does still affect me, like, I have to take 80 tablets a day to keep alive. Um, I have to, every time I eat, have digestive enzymes just for my body to process anything. And the silver lining of the whole thing that I believe is the fact that I get to eat 3,000 calories a day. Just you know. And that's something that everyone else could, could enjoy? Well, yeah, there's obviously, it's good and bad. It is quite mm-hmm. hard if you've ever tried to eat 3,000 calories a day. It's quite hard. Mm-hmm. Unless you're wanting to do it via, like, to eat chocolate takeaway. If you're trying to do it healthily, it's actually quite sure. But there's always got to be a silver lining to everything. And I'm a very positive person, so I always try and find that. Mm-hmm. You kind of asked how your parents kind of managed hearing that you might not make your teens. How did you manage knowing that? Um, truthfully, <laughs> I kind of laughed. <laughs> I was a bit like, oh, really? That's cool. But I've got much more exciting things to be doing than that. So I will let you know when I get there how I feel. So obviously you got to my teens and I was like, well, this is cool, but... I'm still here and I have a whole life ahead of me. So when I did get to 15, they did turn around and say, oh, like you're halfway through your life. Like technically you're going to die at 30. And I was like, yeah, but that's the norm. And I'm not against that. I'm like very different and I will do everything in my power to be here. So when they kind of said that, I set my first challenge, which was to summit Mount Kilimanjaro. Mm -hmm. And I was the second person in the world with CF to summit. So they said I couldn't do it. So I proved them wrong basically. Is that just something that's always been part of your personality? Or does it come from family and different inspirations here and there? I think it's always been there. I think I've always been that kind of determined, like, I will do what I want. If I have a new idea and I will achieve it, like, I don't care what it takes. Like, But then I thrive off a physical or mental challenge. Like, I love putting myself in situations where maybe I may not achieve it, but it's the process you go through to get there. Because I think if you're willing to put yourself through a physical challenge you really do realize what you're capable of and like who you are and what you want out of life in general and you make decisions based on the fact that you know that you can push yourself further (laughs) so that's why I'd always recommend to people it doesn't have to be the extreme things that I love but it could be absolutely anything like if you can put yourself through a physical challenge and realize that you can actually achieve it like imagine if you applied that to the rest of your life so you mentioned Mount Kilimanjaro which is obviously an incredible experience I'm sure what was that like to actually, you know, climb that summit? And what did it feel like when you achieved what you set out to achieve? It was in the most probably life-changing experience I've ever been on. Because I think it made me realise what I could actually do when you put your mind to something. Don't get me wrong, it was really tough. Like, the food was interesting, to say the least. I was put off porridge for weeks after that. Um, but the people you meet along the way was incredible. Like there was a guy on there who actually beat me to the summit, which I still to this day can't believe, because he had one leg. He literally like ran. It was amazing. But as much as through like the tiredness and the tears and the numb feet and the coldness, because obviously at the top it's like minus twenty one. Like once you get to that and you get to see the view and like 
you realize what you've actually achieved it's incredible mm -hmm. is that the key then to kind of working your way through this is to set yourself goals and achievements that you can you can focus your mind on and not worry about you know the what might happen or the down parts of life yeah i believe so like mm -hmm. i think for everybody in like a general sense i think if everybody set goals and reassess things and things i think you would realize and push yourself more and but for me for me to keep training and keep inspired and keep healthy i obviously enjoy pushing my body to see what it's actually capable of mm -hmm. but it just keeps me going it keeps me excited and i try and base my challenges around different places i want to go and visit so for example um my dad and i are actually going to india this year to trek the himalayas which will be amazing and next year, I'm hoping to go to Iceland to trade through the glaciers, which will be so cool. Like, they're all places that I really want to visit. And if I can find a way of doing them in a more unusual way, then it will push me and it will be an experience that I won't forget. How do you come up with these, these goals? Do you deliberately aim for the toughest thing that you can think of? Yeah, I mean, for example, like one of my friends, she was like, oh, why didn't you do a triathlon? And I was like, yeah, maybe, but I'll do an Ironman. Just... You know, if I'm going to do it, I'll do it properly. I'm just mm -hmm. going to go for it. Like, if I think I can, then I will. And that's obviously on the list as well. And there's another one that I really want to do where you husky sledge from Norway to Sweden mm -hmm. in the fastest time possible. Blimey. There's no, no, I mean, no half measures at all. I mean, no. It's all or nothing for me. I'm just that kind of person. Always mm -hmm. have been. Exactly. I kind of want to turn back to cystic fibrosis a little bit because before we start recording, we, we talked about it. And you came up with something that I had no idea about, and I think a lot of people have no idea about, and this is this cross-infection type um, scenario. Do you want to just take us through that and, yeah, and sort of the principle behind it? So with cystic fibrosis, two people cannot meet due to cross-infection. So what this basically means is if you had CF and I had CF and we met, we could make each other seriously ill because the bugs that I'm prone to in my lungs, you may not be, which means you could get really sick and I could get really sick and obviously then there's like a snowball effect. And it's really sad because it is a condition where support is probably needed more because of the severity of it. Um, and it's something that people, as you've said, don't realise because I don't think there's really any other conditions out there where you can't actually meet somebody with the same thing. Mm -hmm. But it literally could be the difference between life or death. And they've done loads of research and studies on it and... I just wish that it's something that we could change. And so that's why some hospitals are coming up with new units where you can talk to each other through glass. Which I know it sounds really random. But like they're trying to put on like exercise classes because obviously it really helps your fitness and actually your lungs. And normally if you do it with friends and do it together, it's more fun, which means you push yourself a bit more. So they're trying to come up with these new scenarios where you basically do th exactly that, but in a more controlled environment. Okay. So then I turned back to what I said right at the start and listed all the things that you've been doing. And one of them is, of course, blogging. Yes. Is that a way that you thought you could reach out to people that had the same condition as you in a, in a safe environment, basically? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Like I'm, I'm on a mission to basically make a lasting impact like in a positive way in the hope that I can help as many lives as I can. Because I do believe that everybody with CF can live a life unlimited if they take the time like I have to look after themselves and obviously every case is different but you know if you can live for as long as you possibly can by you know understanding what is good for you then you've got to be winning in some respect 
But social, that's why social media is such a good thing because you can connect to so many people that you wouldn't have done otherwise. And actually, like, the messages that I receive every single day like are so amazing. Like I've had a girl message me yesterday who her lung function went up by 20% by simply following what I do. And that could be the difference between being on the transplant list or not. So I'm hoping that, you know, the more I do and the more impact I make, the more people I meet, that, you know, I could save potentially at least one life. So you, you kind of mentioned this attitude of not accepting the hand that you're dealt with. Is that the message you're trying to really put across to people? Yeah, I think everybody in life, whether you have a health condition or whatever, like has hardships. Like that is just life, unfortunately, it's the way it goes. But it's, it's about how you react to them. It's about how you try and transform them into a positive thing rather than thinking, oh, why me? Or like, this is not fair. Like, why has this happened? And don't get me wrong, like we've all had those moments of like, oh, like, like for example, like, oh, I don't want to do this medication today, but I have to. But the way I see it is I wouldn't have had the life I've got today and done the really cool things that I've done over the last five, six, seven years if I didn't have Sia. So in a roundabout way, I'm, which many people probably wouldn't understand, thankful and quite grateful for the hand I've been given because otherwise I wouldn't have the life and I wouldn't be the person I am. Is CF the making of you? Then? I do believe it is, yeah. I do believe that I would probably be on a completely different path without it. And even to the point where, like, my biggest sister qualified as a doctor because I had CF. Like, my middle sister is also a personal trainer in Dubai. I'm doing amazingly. But we've all kind of gone down those paths because of it. So it's crazy to really think how many lives you can change and impact by simply having what people would normally say to me and be like, oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. And I'm like, I'm not. Because actually, it's given me my life. Exactly, yeah. And speaking of giving you your life as well, uh, two months ago, you had a car crash on the A127. A, a very serious one by the sounds of it as well. But you told me that you're pretty much convinced that your training and your fitness, which has come directly from CF, has effectively saved your life in that. Yeah, no, you're right. I do believe, like, even looking back to this day, like, I have no idea how I managed to crawl out of my car. Like, I was hit 70 miles an hour, I span 100 metres down the A127 and ended up in a ditch and frankly like if you'd seen the state of my car there was only half of it left and even the ambulance crew were like how on earth have you just climbed out of this car and you're absolutely fine obviously I still have some injuries but not in comparison of what could have happened and I do believe that that kind of leads you down to another thing to think you know it could have been a lot worse so you do count your blessings more and you are more thankful but equally it should spur you on to think well I'm obviously here for another reason as well like to carry on what I'm doing or to make a bigger impact or you know redirect you down different paths like I do believe like even the really sad and big things that happen happen for a reason or knock you back into reality or whatever like I've just the mindset I have Mm -hmm. and obviously we're sitting here in um on the gyms that you work at of course you work as a personal trainer is that another avenue for you to really put forward your messages to people who might not necessarily be in the same boat in terms of their health but giving them their life goals and helping them achieve what they want to achieve. Is yeah, that, no, I think yeah. you're right. Like It's something I do enjoy, and I love seeing the transformation in people, not just their fitness, but their mindset, their confidence, and how they feel about themselves. Because for me, fitness is about health, and it's about your mental and physical health, feeling good and being happy. Because if you're training right and you're eating well, you know, you're going to look better, or you're going to get the, the results that you want anyway. But I think... A lot of people, especially because of social media, worry about fitness and going into gyms, which is why having a personal trainer and stuff 
can really transform that and help educate you into why you're doing this in the first place rather than just because you want abs for example because mm-hmm. i think people forget about everything else that comes into it the thing i take from sport is obviously what i like the most of it is aside from abs and all things like that is it a mental healer I no, think. no 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 i literally mm-hmm. like i believe that's the biggest thing mm-hmm. is that it can really mend your brain when you're going through a tough time and things like that um move on to speaking now as well because as you go around talking about yes. um you know your situation to people was that a tough thing to start off with, uh, you know, talking to all these people about your life? And is it something you've grown into? Do you know what? I really enjoy it. It's something I'm really passionate about. And I could stand up in front of thousands of people and talk for a whole hour by myself. I mean, it's not hard. I love talking. But it's something that I feel like you can reach so many different kinds of people that way. And with the recent the ones I've done recently, the amount of impact I've had on so many different people and different paths of life like I didn't even realize I could even do that so it's kind of empowering for both them and me and that's what I love about it by me simply sharing a story and talking about what I've been through and how I've overcome different obstacles and you know my beliefs can just get people's brains thinking and get people to believe in themselves a bit more yeah because I think that so many people don't push themselves or p- people don't find out what they're capable of because of them thinking they can't or they don't believe. And I think that's a shame because if everyone pushed themselves to their full potential, could you imagine like what could be done? Exactly, yeah. What's been the most challenging thing for you throughout your life? The most challenging thing for me is probably sitting still, maybe. <laughs> that's a good because answer. <laughs> I've always... <laughs> thing is, like, I've always had loads of things on the go like I get really excited when I've got like a new project or like something's going forward or I'm pushing going for a new challenge or something and I'm always like well I've done that and now it's on to the next thing like I guess I struggle with appreciation and I struggle with appreciating what I've achieved before moving on to something else Mm -hmm. like for example like I climbed Kilimanjaro and I was like oh amazing like okay what's next rather than like dwelling with it and being like oh like I've actually done it now like this is really cool like looking back at photos and stuff like my probably biggest downfall is the fact like I'm like, oh, this is amazing. I've done it. But now I want to find, find something bigger or better or things like that. So I'm probably juggling way too much, which is probably the answer. So it's just taking the time to step back and think a yeah. little bit about what you've done. Yeah, which is what I've been trying to do over the last few weeks. And actually, it's really uplifting because I think it's so easy to forget what you've achieved. And it's so easy to then focus on the things you haven't got. Mm-hmm. Rather than actually being like, you know what, actually, I've done this and I've done that and like, I haven't even realised that I've actually got to those goals. Exactly. I suppose that kind of mirrors society a lot. Yeah. It's so fast paced now and everything's moving on to the next thing. And well, the yeah, next no, you're thing. right. Like, I think it's just the way, we, like, the way we live. Like, you just think, okay, well, that's done and it's on to the next thing. And then you almost feel guilty if you're not. Mm-hmm. But actually, if you're not ever being present, then you're not actually living either. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of the catch 22, isn't it? Which is why I've massively slowed down a lot of things that I'm doing because I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm actually missing out here. Because I'm too busy thinking about what's happening next rather than what I'm actually doing right now. What has been the most inspiring thing throughout your life? The most inspiring thing? No, it's quite hard because there's quite a few. <laughs> um, but you know what? I think it's probably my mum and dad. Yeah. Because as Richard, probably, that's probably quite a cliche answer. But seeing the way that they've, one, dealt with everything that they've been thrown at them because obviously from me being diagnosed and things like that and them actually transforming that like I did an interview actually with them 
couple of weeks ago that I uploaded onto my YouTube channel for parents with CF. And I didn't realise that, you know, my mum really struggled with the news for about two years, which is quite a long time. Mm-hmm. But then I didn't also didn't realise that they've actually fundraised well over £100,000 for the CF Trust simply to turn it into a positive and to get people together and actually reignite old friendships. And they've met some of their best friends through it. So, you know, to turn such a tragic thing, what could have been, into something so positive and uplifting, for me, like, if you can do that, then that's one of the most inspiring things you can do. Exactly. And for people listening to this and kind of bearing that in mind as well, what's the overriding message you'd give to people? Is it that turning something tragic or difficult into something positive, if you can? Yeah, I think so. I think if you can react to each situation that is deemed negative and find the positive message in it, then you're going to be able to move forward in life and you're going to be able to achieve anything because everybody gets setbacks and everybody gets knockbacks, but it's how you react and it's how you plan the comeback or it's how you move forward. Naturally, what I've found is every single setback you have, you actually are led down a path that you actually want more because it's something that you have to rethink and then you think, oh, actually, I'd rather do this or that. And it's the people you meet along the way. So as much as when you're in the monks of the setback or the negativity, if you can just find one thing that can drive you forward, then, you know, it could actually be the most life-changing thing that's happened to you. Yeah, absolutely. And with that, we will wrap up this episode. Um, and I just want to thank you again, Sophie, for thank you coming for on. Me. And, and sharing your story as well. I'm sure a lot of people, as well as myself, will find it an incredibly inspiring uh, story. And you can get a lot of motivation from that as well. Lastly... If people want to find you on the internet or on Instagram, where can they find you? Um, Instagram is at Sophie Grace Holmes and my YouTube is at Sophie Grace Holmes. So quite simple, really. There you go. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Follow Essex Live on Facebook, Twitter and on Instagram or go to our website, essexlive.news. Ik vind een punt van twee GB stiekem meer dan genoeg. Niet omdat het moet. Nu 2 gig data met een 0 minuten bel- en sms-bundel voor maar 9 euro per maand. Omdat het kan. Check tele2.nl voor de beste deal voor jou. Niet omdat het moet, maar omdat het kan.